This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. This Sunday night game between the Chargers and the Chiefs, they always bring it. AFC West showdown between two of the elite teams in the AFC. The division hasn't lived up to the hype, but these two teams still, when it matters, are going to be there because of the quarterbacks they employ. Must be nice, Justin, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. So the Chargers right now with three minutes left to go in the game in the in the fourth quarter are in the red zone. Uh, second down coming up. They have all three of their timeouts, and so does Kansas City. They are trailing 23-20 to 20 in this game. So it's going to be Herbert versus Mahomes for the game, just like we drew it up. And, you know, if you're a Jet fan, you watch this and you're envious because you wish you had a quarterback the likes of those guys because it, it, it would mean everything. It would be the difference between you being in last place and possibly, possibly being a contender. It's, it's everything. The quarterback is everything. And right now the Jets don't seem to have that everything. 800-919-3776. Before we get to the Knicks, let's talk to Doc and Hewlett. What's up, Doc? Hey, good evening. Uh, great show. Uh, been a Jet fan for 55 years. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, on and off over the last 10 or 15 years, you know, we've seen some really uh, bizarre bonehead calls and things happen. But today what happened uh, was self-inflicted. The defense playing a phenomenal game, uh, no offense, and you've got 30 seconds to go in the game. Now, if you punt the ball out of bounds, the uh, New England takes a knee, and they go to overtime, of course. But when Belichick said something like the Jets will just be the Jets, I guess he meant that they will make uh, a critical error in judgment. Did he really Kicking say that ball, today? He really said that? Yeah, uh, he said that a couple of days ago in an interview. He said, you know, the Jets will just be the Jets. And he said it uh, in, a, in a very, uh, you know, humble. He, he was fine the way he was talking. It wasn't as if he was saying uh, trying to denigrate anybody. But he said the Jets being the Jets. In terms of, you know, they come up with these mistakes every once in a while, and I'd like to know how the special teams coach makes a call like that and the head coach isn't on the uh, headphones or the head coach isn't involved in the process to even understand that you must kick the ball out of bounds because you have no upside to punting the ball down the field. The only thing that could beat you there in that regular session was a kick return, and, of course, the fatal mistake was made. And I'm sure every Jet fan is irate like they should be. I mean, I heard a call today where a guy 40-something years old said his father was on the couch and not moving, and they uh, were suggesting to him to call an ambulance. His father was catatonic from the ending of the game. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, honestly – you got to give it up for the defense. I mean, these guys played played lights out, and you don't even give the defense a chance to get on the field for overtime. Your offense, okay. Listen, you gotta you know you gotta have a feel for the game. At some point, you had to say to yourself, "Listen, we got to give somebody else a shot to play quarterback here for even ten minutes." But they didn't. Okay. Well, bottom line is, you know, you could have gone to overtime and made a couple of plays and. Got a turnover, got a field goal. You could have got a tie. But this ending to this game is not possible. And it shows the level of lack of understanding of the game. I coached myself for 13 years. I played for 15 years. Like many other people played this game. 
And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I'm saying, wait a second. Are they going to kick the ball? Now, if you look at the interview with the guy who returned the kick for the touchdown, he was convinced that they were going to kick the ball out of bounds. He couldn't believe it when they kicked the ball down the field. So it's not just some random thought here. So I'd like to hear what you have to say about this decision, which ultimately was the only way possible to lose a football game in regulation. And, of course, the Jets being the Jets and (laughs) me being a Jets fan for all these years, having seen – some really bizarre things over the years. Yeah, have to say that under, this yeah, is... we, we, yeah, we might not have seen this before, but we have seen it before, and I appreciate the call, Doc. Yes, in retrospect, they should have kicked the ball out of bounds. I guess the the only other way to argue it is to say that, yes, the only the, the only thing that can beat you is a, a punt return for a touchdown, which happened. You do give yourself an opportunity to try to force a fumble if you do kick it, but you have to execute it and kick it to the sidelines where you're cutting off half the field. You absolutely, under no circumstance, can give it, give it to them in the middle of the field where there's so much more opportunity for them to escape the way that they did today. Marcus Jones going for an 84-yard touchdown on a punt return. But, yeah, I mean, in retrospect, absolutely. They should have absolutely kicked that ball out of bounds. New England only had one timeout. And with Mac Jones being as awful as he was today, I can't imagine Belichick would have trusted him in that situation not to make a mistake or to have something go awry. So, yes, I, I can't disagree with that. They should have kicked the ball out of bounds. It just, it, it, it just if I'm being honest, I was looking, because my sister-in-law is on the couch right next to me watching the game, and I'm saying, all right, so we're going to have to win this one in overtime. This right before Brandon Man kicked it. We're going to have to win this one in overtime. And then that happened. So in my mind, I did not see that happening. And this is being a, a Jet fan who is battered, who is bruised, who has been through heartbreak after heartbreak. I couldn't even see that happening. I didn't at any point picture they're going to return this for a touchdown. And there you have it. By the way, the Chargers just took the lead with 146 remaining in the fourth quarter. Justin Herbert gets a touchdown, so they now lead by four. But Patrick Mahomes, buck 46 left in the game with three timeouts, all the time in the world. So this game is far from over. We go to Steve in Brooklyn. What's up, Steve? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing okay. What's up, man? No, just like, you know, the guy plays one bad game, and I think everybody's just got to take it easy. And I understand the last game he played, you know, he played poorly as well, but you just can't develop a quarterback like this. You know, one game, um, you know, everybody would have paid everything they had to see the Jets be 6-4 and four this year. And he has a bad game, and it's like nuclear. Okay, you just so got to be one, when you say take, one when you say one bad game. Which game are you referring to? Are you referring to this game where he went nine of twenty two for seventy seven yards? Are you referring to the game against New England the first time where he threw three interceptions and clearly lost in the game? So which game are you referring to the one bad game? Because I see multiple either, bad bads. So I, I, I quite can't either one. Out. He's five and two as a starter. Either but one. You said, you said one bad game. Which one are you referring to? What, quarterbacks don't have bad games. Okay, you said one bad, bad game. Games. I'm asking you a question. Can you answer the question? You said he so one sure. bad game. Which is the bad game that you're referring to? I meant today's because I think today was bad, but the okay. other one was What's bad it? as well. Okay, so that's now two bad games. So you admit that you were wrong in your assessment of it being only one bad game. So that's now two bad games that we're responding to after a series of bad games in his rookie season last year. 
So no, this is not an overreaction at all. This is us just analyzing what we're watching. But he's five and two as a starter. Who wouldn't take that? He's five and two as a starter. Okay, so let's look at the wins he had. He threw for 110 yards against Green Bay. You think they won that game because of Zach Wilson? He threw for a buck 21 against Denver. You think they won that game because of Zach Wilson? And then the win last week before the bye or two weeks ago against Buffalo, he threw for a buck 54. You thought they won that game because of Zach Wilson? Don't give me quarterback record. It, there's a lot deeper no. to analyzing a game than just quarterback record. We're watching no, I hear this guy what continuously I hear, hold them back. I, I hear what you're saying, but we're in New York. We haven't had a good quarterback since Joe Namath. It's not a coincidence. The problem is the fans react very, very oh. intrusively, and you just got to let the guy play for a second. He's, he's been on you know I mean? play for two years, and we have not seen a single moment where we thought he's the, he's the franchise quarterback. So we're not going to blame his struggles on the fans? Give me a break. You're blaming okay. his struggles I mean, on you, the fans? You, you think he's struggling you, because you, the fans are too mean to him? And it, because if that's think, the case, then maybe he's not, he's not designed to be an NFL quarterback. If he's going to be so overwhelmed by the fans saying mean things about him when they're accurate because he hasn't played well, then, then maybe he's just not the guy for the job. Come on, Steve. No, I, I hear what you're saying. I think today he was overwhelmed. There's no question about it. But it's like, you know, everybody's going nuclear. It's just too much. That's just my opinion. I think you got to give the guy some breathing room and allow him to develop you know, Steve right. Young sat, I think, for about five years before he right. played well. Okay, uh, Steve, I, I, I appreciate the call. It's Steve Young. It's just, we're going to compare Zach Wilson to Steve Young. I need a break after that. 800-919-3776. I promise you we will get to the next one. We get back right here on 98. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Sunday Night Vibes, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Mm, let that rock out. Hey. Ty Butler going till midnight. Chiefs right now marching to the end zone because that's what Patrick Mahomes does. Kelsey scores another touchdown. <laughs> This guy is unbelievable. Patrick Mahomes, I said, a buck 46, three timeouts, that is way too much time for Mahomes. Way too much time. And there you have it. He marches them down the field. So they're going to take a three-point lead over the Chargers. 31 seconds still left in the game. The Chargers do have all of their timeouts left. But once again, I mean, the Chiefs are, are getting close to that New England Patriots territory where... They're going to get the benefit of every call late in games. I mean, it happened, what was it, last week? It's happening again this week. They, they, they're going to get the, that benefit of the, call, uh, uh, of the doubt. It was the Titans game maybe two weeks ago I'm talking about, two weeks ago when they were on Sunday night. And, you know, they, they got the benefit of some favorable officiating. But Mahomes is, is still amazing. Watching two quarterbacks battle tonight. I mean, you just dream about what could be because the Jets have a defense that's good enough to contend. 
They're just being held by held back by their quarterback. This season marks the 50th anniversary of New York Islanders hockey. To celebrate, we're giving away tickets to the November 26th matchup against the Philadelphia Flyers at UBS Arena. To enter, download the free ESPN New York app. Scroll down the contest and submit your entry. Brought to you by New York Islanders. Join in on the fun this season by grabbing your tickets at NewYorkIslanders.com. For full contest rules, go to ESPN New York. Com. So I want to talk about the Knicks just a little bit. They lost today 116-95 to in Phoenix. The Suns coming into today had lost three of their last four games and playing without Cam Johnson and Chris Paul. Uh, but the story of today was both Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett struggling. They went 8-for-21 from the field. After last game, Brunson and R.J. combined for 8-for-32 from the field. Do you see a common theme? And that is that R.J. Barrett continues to struggle and we're not any closer to seeing him become the player that the Knicks uh, thought that they were getting when they drafted him number three overall. And something's got to give because uh, we kept having conversations about him being untradeable, got to build around him, and he just keeps having bad shooting nights. 3-4-11 today with 6 of 19 on Friday against the Warriors, against the Nuggets. He was 4 of 18 against the Jazz. He was 5 of 18 against the, the Thunder. He was 2 of 10. So he continues to struggle, and right now it's just not happening. One of three from three-point range. We talked last night about how he continues to miss the mark from beyond the arc. He's shooting 25% from three, 25% from three. All of his numbers across the board are down from last season. So we've seen a, a bit of a, a regression, and the Knicks cannot afford to have that happen. Now Jalen Brunson played well in today's game, but – uh, the Suns did, were just hitting too many three-pointers all over the place. Even when the Knicks made that run late in the second quarter um, to pull them close, they they just gave up too many threes, gave up way too many threes. Uh, to end the third quarter, they battled back three times, and I believe it was 79-73 with about three minutes left in the game, and then the Suns responded with an 11-0 run and the Knicks were trailing by 15, entering the fourth quarter. So that was all she wrote for the Knicks. And, you know, on and on to tomorrow night's game where you, you play the Thunder, who just last Sunday beat you pretty badly, scoring 145 points. SGA was unbelievable. But they are still two, two games under 500, so a game that the Knicks still can win. But you look at this road trip now. They won the first two games against Utah and Denver, and now they've dropped two straight against Golden State and now today against Phoenix. So you want to go home with a winning West Coast trip. This game becomes a lot uh, playing tomorrow against Oklahoma City because if they lose this game, then once again we're going to start to hear the noise about Tom Thibodeau being fired because if you are a defensive-minded head coach, you cannot have your team right now ranked 24th in defensive efficiency. And we saw today once again that they're one of their Achilles heels is they're being bitten by the opposing team's three-point shooting. That continues to be something that plagues the Knicks. The Suns hit 17 threes today, 17 of 39 from the field. Now, that's not the, the, the 27 that the Celtics hit uh, about a month ago. Oklahoma City hit a bunch of threes last Sunday. The Warriors hit a bunch of threes as well a couple of days ago. But defensively, they just cannot seem to get it done. And... I mean, the the games where both Ran or the games where all of Randall, Brunson, and Barrett play well are few and far in between, and the Knicks simply don't have enough depth 
to overcome their three guys not being elite-level basketball players game in and game out. And Obi Toppin once again struggled. He was zero points today after scoring one point against the Warriors. So, again, guys that you know can't trade them, can't trade them, can't trade them, got to build around them, continue to struggle. So you just wonder uh, what's, what's on the horizon for the Knicks. What's the, what's the expectation? Because at some point, we know at some point this year, Tom Thibodeau is going to get fired. I don't necessarily think that that is the answer to the questions. I don't think that that is going to solve everything. But if they feel like the, the locker room just needs a new voice because they're tuning him out and defensively they're not performing up to expectations and the effort just simply isn't there, then maybe just maybe you can justify firing him and bringing someone in who's going to help facilitate the development of R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin and Quentin Grimes and then, you know, Jalen Brunson being the, the point guard that you were starving to have. He's there to make things easier. And then Julius Randle, at some point, you just hope that he continues to play well. Obviously, today he struggled, but he actually had a pretty good season. You just hope at some point he becomes a valuable commodity to a team that's looking to take on his contract. But right now, it doesn't look good for the Knicks. Uh, tomorrow, they will be in action right here on 98.7 ESPN, beginning at 7.30. Quick note on the football. Patrick Mahomes, uh, shout out to my boy Nick Wright for tweeting this out. Patrick Mahomes is now 24-3 and in his career against the AFC West. 14-0 and on the road against the AFC West. And somehow has won 25 straight games in the months of November and December. That is a quarterback right there. That is a quarterback. And how poetic is it? For us at 1 o'clock, uh, uh, us Jet fans, because, I mean, let's be honest. When, when you have the 6-3 and three Jets taking on the 5-3 and three Patriots, and with everything that was on the line, this was one of the biggest games of the day. Look at the slate. There weren't a, a ton of sexy matchups. This was one of the biggest games of the day. And we're all excited for it. We're all feeling good. And Zach Wilson gives you that performance. And then, you know, you're a football fan, so you keep watching the action. You watch the Giants. You, know, you watch the, you know, the 4 o'clock games with the Broncos and the Raiders. You watch the Cowboys-Vikings. The nightcap is Patrick Mahomes versus, versus Justin Herbert. And you see what exceptional quarterback play actually looks like. And then the numbers I just gave you for Mahomes. And how, you know, come back, coming back in games, just that's just a thing that he does. When I said a buck forty six remaining in the game, everyone thought he was winning, because we knew somehow, some way, he was going to drive his team down the field, and they were going to win this game. Twenty four and three against his own division. That is, <laughs> that's what you call being a boss in that division. The more things change, the more they remain the same. This this year, one of the most you know, intriguing aspects to the NFL season was supposed to be that AFC West division being the best in football because the Broncos added Russell Wilson and the Raiders added Devontae Adams. And you've got Justin Herbert, you know, another year of maturation under his belt. And finally, you know, putting his team on his back and possibly getting to a Super Bowl. And then you have the Chiefs who are like, yep, we're still here. We're still here. We're still the best team in this division. And then you flush it out, and it's like, well, the Bills, all the hype surrounding the Bills, are, are, are they the favorites? Could the Bengals, who knocked off the Chiefs in the playoffs last year, could they find a way to get back? And it's like, nope, Chiefs still the best team in the AFC. This is just what they do. 
as long as they employ Patrick Mahomes, I think they'll be fine. And then they lost Tyreek Hill uh, to the Dolphins, traded him away to the Dolphins. How is that going to affect Patrick Mahomes? Is he going to take a step back? Because now Kelsey is going to be your number one and primary option. He's going to see more double teams. Uh, you got Nicole Hartman, and you're gonna have to spread the ball around to you know to all of these other guys. Juju Smith-Schuster, who's uh, actually dealing with an injury right now. Uh, Kadarius Tony left this game with a hamstring injury, but it just doesn't seem to matter because Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen already. Already, Mahomes is just—it's sensational watching legitimate quarterback play. Legitimate quarterback play. What can he do? I mentioned earlier that the Nets found a way to get take care of business, and they should have because Memphis was without Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, who just returned from injury, so they're trying to monitor his minutes and his games. He was out today. Desmond Bain was out, and John Morant was also out. And actually, if, if memory serves me correctly, the first time the Nets played the Grizzlies earlier this season, both Ja and Desmond Bain had 38 points apiece. So, with three, which is which is insane. So their three best players were out. That's the game the Nets should win, and they took care of business. Uh, 127-115 was the final score. Ben Simmons continues to play well. He continues to play well. Uh, Kevin Durant pretty much called his teammates out the other day in that interview, and they have responded. Ben Simmons last game. Uh, that was his best game of the season. He had 15 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists. This game, now he had his, another best game of the season. That usurps that. 22 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. And to me, like not even just going by the stat line, watching this game, what was so encouraging was to see him actually attacking the basket and wanting to shoot the basketball, pushing the ball with some tempo, with his eyes predicated on the basket, with you know being assertive. Because we didn't see that. It was just dribble handoff, dribble handoff. He didn't want any part of shooting. And now he's, you know, posting up, jump hook with his right hand. He's finishing at the rim. And and then and that Portland game, Chauncey Billups elected to go with the uh hack of Ben Simmons on three possess three straight possessions late in the fourth quarter, and he went four or six. So that had to do something positive for his confidence. So it's good to see Ben Simmons you know, we're, I don't want to say returning to the player he was because people forget how good of uh, how good of a player he was. He was a perennial all-star, lockdown defender. So I don't know if he's ever going to get back to that, but it is good to see him show signs of at least becoming something close to it. Uh, we, we're having a semblance of that in the Nets right now after this win. Or, uh, uh, let's take a look at the standings. The Nets after this win are now eight and nine on the season. So currently the ninth seed. Uh but with with the, the nine nine win uh nine losses just three games back of the three seed. So it's you know it's early, it's all bunched up and I like to look at standings just because it gives you a perspective on how teams are doing, even though it might be a tad bit premature. But that's a that's a nice win for the Nets and uh onward they go. They got the Sixers coming up on Tuesday. That'll be a TNT game. So it's a big early season test for them. No James Harden, no Tyrese Maxey. So, again, they get to benefit from one of the upper echelon teams dealing with injuries uh, because it's a tough tough road trip for them. You go to Philadelphia, to Toronto, and then to Indiana before you return home 
for Portland, Orlando, and Washington. So they'll get a pretty lengthy homestand. How about that? So they got home games against Portland, Orlando, Washington, Toronto, Boston, Charlotte, and Atlanta. That is a lengthy, lengthy homestand. We'll go around the NFL when we get back. 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were on a bye today, but they're 5-5 five and five leading this division. And the Falcons today, with a win, improved to 5-6. and six. So now they're just a game back in the loss column. If you remember before the season, a lot of people expected the Falcons to be one of the worst teams in football. And for them to be, I don't want to say this good because they're still under 500, but you know, in the, the midst of possibly winning this division, despite how down people were on them, and despite the fact that Kyle Pitts really hasn't lit it up the way in, in year two that we expected, uh, that's impressive. So give credit to, you know, Arthur Smith and, and Marcus Mariota. The, 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 the quarterback has, has been playing well. Credit to the Falcons. They get the victory today, 27-24 over the Bears. Now here's a game that I was watching intently because – I saw an early deficit once again for the Bills. They were down 7 nothing before scoring uh, a field goal. So the end of the first quarter, they're down 7-3. And I'm thinking, whoa, could we get another upset? And then the Browns became the Browns, start turning the ball over. And the Bills uh, took care of business and won this game 31-23. to But they didn't look great in the first half of this game. Made some mistakes, and they were looking like they were to be had, but Cleveland doesn't have a quarterback. They don't really have much. They fall to 3-7 and seven on a year. The Bills get the much-needed win back in the win column after that debacle last week against Minnesota. They are 7-3. and three. Eagles, another team facing an early deficit, down a touchdown in the first quarter uh, against the Colts. Jeff Saturday's Colts, who's keeping receipts on all of y'all who tried to tell him he shouldn't have been a head coach. Uh, but the Eagles found a way late in the game, courtesy of Jalen Hurts on a rushing touchdown to put away the Colts. 17-16 was the final score. So Philadelphia following that Monday night loss against Washington back in the win column, 9-1 atop the NFC. Meanwhile, the Colts fall to 4-6-1. Matty Ice, 23-32 for 213 yards. A game that... We spent the first two hours talking about the Jets and the Patriots and Foxborough. It was probably the worst game Zach Wilson's ever played. It was probably one of the worst games I've ever seen by a quarterback and probably one of the most devastating games I've had to stomach as a Jet fan, losing on an 84-yard touchdown punt return to Marcus Jones. And the game should have gone to overtime, but special teams just, I don't know what happened on that final play. But I mean, the defense got to give a lot of credit. Six sacks on the afternoon. And they made Mac Jones look like a pedestrian. And he is a pedestrian, but they made him look really bad and uncomfortable back there. And you just feel so bad watching them give their all and go out there and, and perform to that level only to have the offense put up three points in regulation. In a game that, sh- again, should have gone to overtime, but who knows? Even if it goes to overtime, would the Jets have been able to score? It was apparent to me that the only way that they were going to win this game 
is if the defense scored or if the defense, you know, got got in the red zone because it was windy. So Greg Zerline, he did nail the only field goal attempt he had. But in the win, I still didn't feel great about their chances if, you know, they didn't actually punch it into the end zone or if they weren't close enough to have a chip shot. Uh, but it didn't even come down to that because the Jets, as I mentioned, on that final play of regulation, I lost the game. Uh, the Rams and the Saints were playing. That was a game that happened today. Matthew Stafford returned from injury only to go back uh, to the locker room and not return to the game. So the Saints fall, or the Saints, I'm sorry, beat the Rams. The Rams fall to 3-7. and seven. Their season is likely over. Cooper Cup, it was announced that he's going to be out uh, next, what, six to eight weeks, I think is what I saw. Uh, so they're probably done, and that's going to be a team that, fresh off of winning the Super Bowl, misses the playoffs. They absolutely miss Odell. They absolutely miss Von Miller, and they're just not playing the same brand of football as they did last year. This is the worst year that Sean McVay has had as a head coach, and it's just, you know, got to gotta regroup and find a way to get it done in the offseason and retool this roster. They don't have any draft picks, so it's going to be hard to do that. So we'll see what happens. A lot of interesting decisions have to come from that front office. Meanwhile, the Saints with the victory, uh, thanks to one Andy Dalton throwing for three touchdowns, improved to four and seven. Lions-Giants, 31-18 in favor of Detroit. They're red hot right now. Three straight wins. They've beaten the Packers. They've beaten the Bears. They have now taken down the New York football Giants, who probably were looking ahead to that Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys. And found themselves turning the ball over not once, not twice, but three times today. Two off the hands of Daniel Jones. He had six consecutive games without an interception. That ended today. And then they also had a fumble. And the Lions, they can score. That's one thing that they can do is score points. And they did that early and often. And handed the Giants their third loss of the season. Uh, so the Lions improved to 4-6. and six. The Giants dropped to 7-3. and three. This game... A little too close to, for comfort if you are a Ravens fan with Baltimore taking on Carolina. They were favored by, what, 14 points today? And someone actually hit me on Twitter. I tweeted, today's a good day to win a parlay. They hit me back. Love the Ravens. I said, listen, 14 points, that, that's too big, big of a number. Uh, Ravens are not good enough to, to be giving anyone 14 points. And they didn't cover. They, do, they did win the game 13-3. to uh, Baker Mayfield just couldn't stop throwing the ball to Baltimore, and Carolina Panther fans would love to see him uh, in another uniform right now. Uh, but the Ravens, keeping up pace, has been a little bit of an inaus inauspicious begin to the season in the first half for them. Thought they would look a lot better than they have. Uh, but Lamar Jackson, no touchdowns today, but he th did throw an interception. Remember, this is a contract year for him that started off pretty well, uh, but the, the Ravens, did find a way to win this game. They're seven and three. The Chiefs are, um, the Chiefs right now are eight and two. So they're just one game back of that number one seed. Still an opportunity to get that first round by the Commanders. Uh, all they do is win, huh? All they do is win. They've beaten the Eagles, and they've now beaten the Texans to improve to six and five. They are a player in the NFC playoff picture because their defense has performed well. And they're getting solid quarterback play from Taylor Heineke. The thought was they could go back to Carson Wentz because he is eligible to return from the IR. But as long as they keep on winning, why not roll with the hot hand? Taylor Heineke just two years ago almost beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. So, you know, he goes 15 to 27. He's not going to wow you, but he does make some throws <laughs> when needed. 
when needed, and they find ways to win games. So 23-10 to 10 was the final score, Commanders over the Texans. Raiders and the Broncos. This was a game that went to overtime and ended with Devontae Adams calling in a walk-off touchdown. 22-16 to 16 was the final score. Adams finished with 141 yards, two touchdowns. He is badly missed in Green Bay. Derek Carr, who I'm seeing a lot of Jet fans are, are looking to target in the offseason. 23 of 37, 307 yards, two touchdowns. The Raiders still very much out of the playoff picture. And the Broncos, their seventh loss of the season. How about the Raiders and the Broncos, both 3-7? Who would have thought that? The way we talked up the AFC West. Cowboys-Vikings, this was the marquee matchup on CBS in the 4 o'clock window, 425 to be exact. And the Cowboys handed it to them. I was... Looking at that line, why is why is Dallas on the road in Minnesota against an eight and one team favored by a point and a half? A Minnesota team that just came back from seventeen down to beat the Bills. Meanwhile, the Cowboys just blew a two touchdown lead to the Packers. Well, this was why they were favored. Forty points. Forty. They scored double digits in each of the first three quarters before Dak you know, got a chance to take the night off. And Cooper Rush came into the game. Dak responding to the criticism, 276 and two touchdowns. Pollard added in some, some, some punch on the ground with 80 yards. Zeke returned to the fold. Cowboys win 40 to three. They will host the Giants on Thanksgiving Day. Bengals Steelers high scoring affair. I didn't expect this game to be as close as it was, but the Steelers were hanging in there. But unfortunately, could not overcome the greatness that is Joe Barrow, who threw for 355 and four touchdowns. That was an amazing performance. The Bengals now 6-4 and four on the season. Steelers are 3-7. and seven. In the game that we just wrapped up, Chiefs coming back from down in this game. They were trailing 27-23 to 23 with 146 remaining in the fourth quarter. No problem for one Patrick Mahomes, who ushers them in down to score a touchdown Travis Kelsey three more touchdowns on the evening Chiefs win 30 to 27 Patrick Mahomes right now on his way to winning the MVP because he continues to be outstanding and I mentioned he's won what 25 straight games in the months of November and December 25 straight games no Tyreek Hill Hardman didn't play in this game Juju Smith-Schuster didn't play in this game. Kadarius Toney went out early in this game. And Patrick Mahomes still found a way to get it done. He is going to win the MVP. And we're all going to be feeling silly. And we all, not myself included, but all of those who said they would take a step back because of Tyreek Hill's absence. Looks pretty good to me. The Thursday night game was the Titans taking down the Packers, 27-17. to Tomorrow night, you get the 49ers... And the Cardinals in Arizona. That is Monday Night Football on ESPN. When we get back, we wrap it up with your phone calls. 800-919-3776. Back in a moment to wrap up the show right here on 9870 ESPN.